Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So it seems kind of odd saying this, Nath, but we might actually have a little bit less basketball than usual. Well, like I said at the top, we're going to go hard on the basketball soon enough. So it doesn't hurt if we go a little softer this time. But good to see the NBL back in full swing. Full-ish. Full-ish, yeah. Uh, only, what, one postponement this week? Yeah, we've well, heard, yeah. Heard yeah, Tassie and New Zealand. We'll see. Hmm. We'll see. Oh, it's good that New Zealand had a game taken on. <laughs> flying away with Hey, that. they're on a winning streak, mate. One. Yeah, still a streak. <laughs> That's better than the Wildcats, I guess. Exactly, exactly. So, obviously, you've mentioned that you didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of it. No, I saw a little bit here and there. I watched the full Wildcats game today, but, yeah, not a hell of a lot. I've got a few things that I've taken away from this weekend. I've narrowed it down to six, and I kind of wanted to run through those with you. Things that I think potentially will either impact the season massively moving forward or could just be things that teams maybe need to look at. Okay. So, the first one I think is fairly obvious. COVID fatigue is absolutely a thing. Yes, Now, we saw that firstly in the Brisbane Southeast Melbourne game over the weekend. This is a championship caliber team in the Phoenix, and the Bullets made them look second rate right from the opening tip off 31 to six at quarter time. That's criminal. And they were lucky that they got to six. Yeah. Oh, there's been some weird results and weird even quarters this season. But the thing that I found really weird about it was that it just looked straight away like the fitness level and the conditioning of the Phoenix wasn't there. Like, they couldn't keep anyone in front of them. Tyrrell Harrison dominated inside against Joe Chi. Nathan Sobey hit some shots, which hasn't really happened much this season. Anthony Drimmick hit some shots. They, they cruised, absolutely cruised. And you had guys drifting in and out of the game, basically, for the Phoenix. So uh, Ruben Tarangi was kind of his usual self, drifting in and out. Xavier Mumford a little bit. Joe Chi played, like, four minutes in the first half. Guys just didn't look like they had their legs and... At one point, they got beat on a backdoor cut by Jason Kiddy. <laughs> one of your favourites. And Usain Bolt, he is not. <laughs> like, Cam Glidden got broken down off the dribble by Anthony Drimmick, who is not a quick guy either. So it's it's not great. Brisbane went through the same thing a week earlier when New Zealand beat them. They got off to a horrible start and then basically couldn't quite get back into it. Mm, we, sounds familiar yeah, today as we, well. Yeah, we saw it in the Wildcats game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bryce Cotton and Vic Law both on the bench for a breather within four minutes. Yes, that never happens. Yeah, the two leading scorers in the comp as well. Yeah. It's very rare that they'll be sitting that early. Exactly. Definitely. Yeah. And so the other thing with the legs is that it impacts your shooting. So you look at the three-pointers. Adelaide, nine of 13 from deep early. The Wildcats, one of 15 at the same time. I think it was one of 17 before they hit their second. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not good. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and, you know, just like these other games, after quarter time, the rest of the game was fairly even. So it's kind of taking teams 10 minutes to get into it. But by that stage, the game is all but over. So this is why these long layoffs aren't really fair unless both teams are coming off the same sort of break. Well, yeah, it's just, it's like I say, 2022, it's another asterisk year. If we want to get the games done, we've just got to get them done. There's been talk of replacement players. It's not going to be totally fair. Who knows when Perth will have another home game? I know they're scheduled, but things could change very quickly. We'll, we'll There's see. Code Brown in Melbourne for the hospitals. I didn't even know that existed until today. Do you, so, know, do you know Code Brown at public swimming pools means there's a poo in the pool? Yes, I did. I did. And if it's Paul Pierce in the playoffs, um, it means something else as well. It means, yeah. yep. <laughs> there you go. Who was it? Someone that came out recently and said players shit themselves more often than people realise? Yeah. What a bizarre thing. That was weird. Anyway, yeah, we, we don't need to go too far into that. So moving on to Sydney. One way or the other, I didn't get the feeling that RJ Hunter was going to see out the season. And it fucking sucks that it comes because of a ruptured patella tendon. 
59 yeah. seconds into his comeback game. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. heartbreaking. Just one of those real innocuous non-contact push-off injuries. <sighs> it's such a shame not to see if the Kings and Hunter could have melded properly. Just... You want guys to have a proper shot. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what disgusted me the most about this was hearing that the Hawks fans were yelling stuff out at him while he's being helped off the court. Like, this is likely going to cost him his job. Yeah. I, if a guy's injured, why why say anything? It's done. Mm. Your team has a better chance because one player's gone. I don't know why fans engage in this behavior. It's it's sad. It's disappointing. And, and it's not even like Hunter has a history with the Hawks. No, that's where, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he, barely suited up. Like, the, I mean, okay, again, I don't necessarily agree with it, but the fans that were laughing when Kevin Durant did his um, did his Achilles because it's like, well, you fucked over OKC and, and whatnot. But Hunter's done nothing. Like no. he's, he's barely even played in the league. So no, I don't, no. I just, All he's done is share the name of an obscure ABC children's show with that Yeah, the, the, ma- the, ma- the mouse. Yeah, the, the mouse. Ca- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. CC, computer cat. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. There's an obscure reference yeah. for anyone out there. Well, we're going hard on the pop culture the last we, couple we, of episodes. We really are. <laughs> I've got a question for you about Sydney issue. So I didn't see this game, but on social media, there's a lot of talk about the rotations and substitution patterns. And apparently... Xavier Cooks got taken off when he was dominating. And a lot of people say that had he stayed on the court, maybe Sydney would have won. Do you agree with this? I think Buford is a horrendously bad coach. I really do. I know he's got the pedigree, but I've not seen a lot that gives me confidence that he has the respect of the group. I don't really understand his substitution patterns. I don't understand the fact that, and we mentioned this in that massive blowout they had against Melbourne United. Oh, the shot selection sometimes, you know, the execution down the stretch, he doesn't seem to have any control over it. He doesn't seem to give them any sort of direction in terms of which way to go. I, I honestly don't believe that he has that locker room. And, Interesting. And it's a problem. Is it a square peg, round hole kind of situation? <sighs> you persist on this seven seconds or less offense. It doesn't work, though. It doesn't work. They don't have... You've got Vasiljevic, who's a great shooter. You've got Martin, who's patchy. And but Martin's not going to enter a track, mate. That's not what he wants to do. Well, this is the other thing, yeah. yeah. And, and then it just means that Jalen Adams is having to go one on three because no one else can get back with him. So I, I don't think it's the right play. I think one of the things you see with Sydney is they really have a lot of the wrong guys taking the wrong shots. They're absolutely horrendous when it comes to guys that are on fire or guys that are cooking. They never feed them the ball. Like Xavier Cook should be able to go one on one against anyone from New Zealand. He's too quick for Yanni Wetzel. He's too big for... Findelaney. Findelaney, thank yeah, you for... Yeah. Thank you. I had Thomas Abercrombie in my head. I couldn't, well, yeah, couldn't yeah. get to Findelaney. <laughs> but he's that's the thing. He's too big for one. He's too quick for the other. And they didn't go at that mismatch. So I just... I don't understand. And all of a sudden, you just see them in close games. They execute poorly. Oh, yeah, that was... You've, that, you've mentioned it. That's been my big thing with them. Down the stretch, they really don't execute. Yeah. It, it just becomes a lot of hero ball. They stop running proper sets. And yeah, I mean, you look at this, and this was my third point, was that the Violet Crumbles live on. <laughs> yes, I saw that during the rounds of socials yeah. too. Yeah. New Zealand were absolutely getting smashed. And then they let the breakers close on an 18 to 1 run the last five minutes, 26 of the fourth quarter. That's, that's a choke. It's pathetic. Yeah. It's absolutely pathetic. Yeah. And look, don't get me wrong. New Zealand executed the living shit out of it. Jeremiah Martin, who, as I said, I badmouthed him at the start of the season. He has absolutely come good in the last fortnight. He has stopped jacking up all the threes he was taking. He's running pick and rolls with Yanni Wetzel. 
which means he can get downhill. Oh, get, use Wetzel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting to his floater game. If Wetzel's not cooking and he didn't play well at the start of this, he couldn't make anything. But Martin was getting in and really getting into the teeth of the defense. And look what happens. It then opens up the rest of the game for Finn Delaney. And Delaney had 21 and nine. Best game he's played all season. Yeah, well, that's good to see. So, yeah, I, I think, honestly, to answer your question, I think Buford is just, he's just not a good coach. And it doesn't help that both Hunters are injured. So Jordan Hunter's out for the season too. So, yeah, that's that's not good. It, it doesn't. But, I mean, they're just not using the weapons that they've got. They still have weapons and they still could hurt teams. So, yeah. And just quickly, one other thing with New Zealand. Oh, Deang looks horrible. Yeah, so everyone talks him up as this future NBA superstar, let alone good player. I don't think he's an NBL player. He's timid. He's timid. Yeah. He, he's afraid of contact. I mean, okay, he's super skinny and it is a man's league and it's a physical league, but he is timid. He does not like the contact. Yeah. And if he wants to play in the NBA, he's got to get used to that. So, okay, yeah, he needs to put some some size on, but yeah. He's shooting like 19% from three. Yeah. He, he relies on the three a lot. Yeah. Again, I think because he doesn't like the contact. But yeah. if, you, if you can't shoot a three, don't shoot. That'd be like me trying to rely on dunking the ball. <laughs> something I cannot do. So just don't try it. Maybe you need Scott Roth as his coach and just get buried on the end of the bench. Well, <laughs> yeah, geez, give uh, Nikita Mikhailovsky someone to talk to at the end of the bench. Uh, it's it, Honestly, it's not a good fit. And the thing is, they're starting to get a little bit of production out of Peyton Siva. He looked exponentially better this weekend. Well, he scraped off the rust from that injury now. He, so. he did. Yeah. So, so he's starting to find his spots in the offense. He's making some shots, which helps. So as New Zealand start getting a lot more of this production, I mean, whether they keep Martin and Siva off the bench and, and run with Diang and McDowell White and these sorts of guys who really aren't giving them a whole heap. McDowell White started the season well, but he, he just drifts in and out of games. You barely see him. He's a bit of a microwave, yeah. Mm. yeah. So I'll tell you what, that microwave is broken right now. It's set to timer only. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Good, te- good uh, technology reference there. All right, number four, the fixturing is officially fucked. Yeah, so apparently there will definitely be no bubbles at all. They've come out and said staunchly that that won't happen. I still wonder if it's a good idea to get a few games done real quick. And uh, look, never say never in these times, I reckon. People will put a line through things. It's only in pencil. Mm. Anything can happen. They've got to do what they got to do. But yeah, it's a compromised season. Now, look, I don't profess to have a fix to this. So I'm not saying to the NBL, give it to me, I'll sort it out. But you mentioned it last week. New Zealand have now played nine games. Cairns have played four. Yep. And New Zealand have had one postponed too. So yeah. Yep. Now, thankfully, New Zealand and Cairns at this stage, touch wood, will be playing in the next game. So that'll bring it to 10 and five. But the discrepancy at this stage of the season is huge. And it's not easy for Cairns to make those games up. So... It's already tough for Cairns and it's going to get tougher because they're going to have to start playing games in really condensed periods of time. And I don't think they're going to be able to do it well. And again, that's why I would advocate for a short bubble because at least they're not traveling then. Okay, three games in five nights is tough, but three games in five nights traveling is way tougher. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Now, I've kind of buried the lead a little bit here. Hey, haven't used that one for a while, have we? Melbourne United. They are the they're real, good. They're the real deal. Yeah. We, we wrote them off. Well, we, we didn't write them off. We had no, worries. We were worried about yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And look, obviously, any game is easier when Matthew Dolvanova's shooting it out of his ass. Yes. Like, I don't think he's ever shot 
seven of eight at one. He's finished seven of 11 in the game the other day, but I don't think he's ever been seven of eight from three, probably in his life. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I think, I think that's been verified, actually. Did you hear the amazing analogy? So I can't remember who it was, but somebody said that his three-point shot is like watching a cat cough up a furball. <laughs> Because of the weird movement yeah, that he yeah, makes. Yeah. Like, I know, as someone who's owned cats for a lot of his life, but yeah, that's the, funny. The first time you hear it, you're like, what? And then you think about it for a second and you think, oh, oh my God, that is Delhi. That's like, classic. So, look, a couple of really good wins. And I think that's now, might even be six on the trot now for Melbourne. They're, they're having a really they're good cooking. run. Yeah. Four-point win in Illawarra, 11-point win over New Zealand. As I said, Delhi went mental. He was three of 22 going into that game from deep, and then he just goes ballistic. So awesome. I saw an interesting tweet from Chris Anstey about this. So I don't know. Did you see the Australian story with Luke Longley? No, no. So one of the quotes he mentioned on that was, when you leave the NBA, there are certain habits you almost have to unlearn because it's it's very much niche kind of role play. The roles are more defined over there. And Chris Anstey said, this is the awakening. This is Delhi unlearning some of the NBA stuff and becoming an NBL star. Mm. Time will tell whether that's true. And then going back to one of the previous points I made with Sydney, this is another example of Melbourne United understanding that if a guy is hot, you give him the ball. Oh, of course. They've done it with Golding. They've done it with Agata. They've now done it with Delhi. It is a simple game. If a guy is hitting shots, set screens for them figure out what the best thing is. And guys will keep going under on Delhi. They'll go under the screen. So he's going to have shots available. So uh, it's just, it's simple. Speaking of Golding, first development player to reach 5,000 points. Yeah, right. So that's a very God, impressive. Easy to forget he was a DP. Like, well, he played for us. Yeah. I wanted the Wildcats to keep him instead of Stephen Way. And then Way only lasted one more season. And he, then. And he was way shitter than Golding. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Now, there was a little bit of an incident at the end of the game against Illawarra. This was a frantic comeback from the Hawks. At the end of the game, a pretty big missed call. So there's been a rebound scrap. Joe Luolachul has thrown a pass towards his own basket straight to Xavier Rathan Mays. Absolute calamitous turnover, who's gone straight in for a layup to cut it to two. I think Golding hit him with the body, though, and they missed the call. I was surprised when I saw the footage, given how whistle-happy NBL refs are. It's a big time. To it miss looked that like point. a body foul to me. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, and, and Illawarra were at home, so there was all this yeah. stuff on social media like Melbourne are the only team that gets home calls away. Yeah, <laughs> stuff. they they absolutely had the rub of the green as far yeah, as the okay. umpiring went. Like okay. they got a lot of very very favourable calls in that game. I will and, try go back and watch it after I get through my NFL. Yeah, yeah, I need to pick catch up some NBL games. And it's kind of unfortunate because there were a lot of missed free throws late in that game, and unfortunately every time it seemed there was a miss. The ball would just end up straight back with Melbourne. And unfortunately, Illawarra never got a chance to jack up a three to try and tie the game. It was, right. it was a shame. Now, my biggest and probably my most controversial takeaway from this weekend, and it goes with Illawarra, I don't know that Tyler Harvey is actually good for him. So I'll give you some stats. And I know that it's a lot more than just the stats, but He's shot more than 40% from the field twice in six games. Oh, he hasn't started well, yeah. He shot under 30% in three of the six games so far. He's also had three turnovers in three of the six games so far. Shot selection's worse than last year. He's actually taken 57 threes to 42s so far. So Mm. basically nearly three out of every five shots is a three. Well, the whole league is going down that road, aren't they? Let's face it. But yeah, that's yeah. A, that's bad. He's 18 of 57 this yeah, season. Yeah. It's, it's ugly. Yeah. Like the only positive I can make for him right now is that he's averaging nearly three steals a game. But 
Uh, yeah, I just don't know if the, he's the best option. There were a couple of times in that Melbourne game where they're making a really big comeback. They, you know, you've got Justinian Jessup who was shooting the lights out. You've got other options. Joop Reef can get whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And he's coming down in these semi-fast breaks and taking a 30-footer with a hand in his face. I suspect he'll come good. I mean, even Bryce Cotton had down periods for the Wildcats last season, for example. Yeah, I just worry about the decisions that he makes, when to pull and when to when to make the pass. It's just... The other problem in COVID times is it's very hard to replace an import. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I suspect he'll come good, but I'll certainly watch out for it more. Yeah. Yeah, I would certainly say the second half of that game, there were times when I looked at it and I just thought... He is a negative for this team. And he, yeah, okay. he's, he's not a great defender. He's not particularly big. Gorge is pretty big on him, though, I think, isn't he? So yeah, but I mean, he's got what, a lot of faith but in him. What does Gorge know about basketball? <laughs> <laughs> no, look, uh, uh, it's just certainly something that I've noticed is I just kind of worry about it. I worry about the decision-making. I worry about the types of shots that he's taking. Not even so much the volume. It's just the types of shots. Maybe we'll be using the flashback sound effect with you. Uh, yeah, it'll be like, <laughs> and Tyler Harvey's just dropped 50 again. <laughs> <laughs> oh look i hope he comes good because when he is on he is one of the most exciting players in the entire league but it's just not there right now well if they want to win the championship they need him to perform they do by the way speaking of gorge we forgot to mention that he won't be coaching the boomers in the upcoming qualifiers yeah, it'll be bevo yeah Rob so that's beverage. that's good to see hold my beverage indeed well played and i guess maybe a little sort of <laughs> minimal notice sort of thing the wildcats are going to struggle away I don't think that they're going to miss the playoffs. I still think they'll make it, but... Well, banking those early wins is going to be huge. But certainly what one thing I noticed is it's, it wasn't the same team. I think, well, there are the, the major... Look, maybe it's the COVID stuff that you talked about at the top of this segment. The rebounding was the really big worry for me. That they're just not blocking out. Mm. And guys like Hodgson, he should be, blo- he should be gobbling up rebounds. Adelaide didn't play spectacularly well. They missed a lot of bunnies themselves. But unfortunately for the Wildcats, they were grabbing a lot of the offensive boards. So, yeah, I think... Look, Travers was a huge out. It, it, he was. He was good to see Blanchfield back. I, I think yeah, geez, I was, think they finally was... lost the third or fourth quarter. I think they lost the fourth quarter today. It's the first second half quarter they've lost all season. Hmm. I still... Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not calling panic station. The other, the interesting thing was Vic Law. Speaking of rebounds, he gobbled up lots of rebounds. Yeah, he was pissed off. That's so he I'm doesn't like. play big at the offensive end very often, but at the defensive end, he maybe plays a bit bigger, which is what the Wildcats need him to do. I don't know. I still think there's maybe a few too many threes. It was very stagnant on offense. That ball wasn't moving nearly enough in the first half. I still feel like Cotton and Law are learning how to play with each other and yeah. pick their moments a little bit. I feel like Lord does force it a little bit, but today he was the only one playing well at the start of the game. So I can understand why he forced it. Yeah, it, it, the Wildcats are a very, very interesting one. And my last takeaway from this game is, if it's a block charge, don't blow your challenge. They're always going to back the refs on those. Mm, unless it's like last minute of the game and it could potentially... Uh, but yeah, it's, it's tough. I don't think any block charge challenge has been successful so far not true oh, okay there was one very late in one of the new zealand games okay which, okay which was actually overturned i was screaming straight away doing the little oh yeah you might have mentioned that last week now that you say yeah okay but it's very rare <laughs> you're gonna win one of those very rare it is, it is tough. yeah so as we have our bridge between nbo and nba every week this time josh kitty and jock landau the first time that two former nbl players have got a double double in the NBA the following season that Aussie. Hmm. 
There you go. Josh Giddy also continuing to climb the stat leaders. Yeah, I think the fourth fastest to a certain amount of points and rebounds. I can't remember the figures. That's just going to keep happening, so yeah. it doesn't really matter. But no, it's, he's been all right. Oh, and then the other one, I guess, just quickly, it was really interesting to hear the Pocket Podcast episode about Giddy when he talked to the OKC guy. Yeah, it was, it was great. So Ryland Styles, who has done a lot of work with OKC, still very young. I was amazed when he said how old he yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, he sounds great. But one of the things I really like about Joe is that he's not afraid to ask the hard question. He made that really interesting stat comparison with Michael Carter-Williams. How valid do you think that is? Look, I mean, any time numbers are there, they're there to be read into and interpreted. And, and you can do that in a number of different ways. I always felt like Michael Carter-Williams was drafted by Philly as part of the process with an eye on maybe trading him down the track. And that's kind of what actually happened. And it actually led, funnily enough, a couple of trades later to them getting that number one draft pick that they wasted on Michael Fuchs. <laughs> right. Like, imagine if they got Jason Tatum with that pick. Yeah, no kidding. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. Simmons, Tatum, Embiid. Oh, well, there's a lot of imagines with them. Imagine if they'd kept Jimmy Butler, for example, yeah. and managed to get rid of Tobias Harris. Yeah, imagine if Julius Irving was still playing <laughs> with Mo Cheeks and Andrew Tony and Charles Mark, Barkley, Mark Ivoroni and Moses Malone and ah, stuff. Yes, so, very good. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I think it's a fair comparison. I mean, look, Carter Williams in his first year, he absolutely looked like he could be the next. I don't know, maybe not Jason Kidd, but he looked like he had those skills to be a guy who could certainly push for a triple-double season. And unfortunately, since then, he's receded every single season to the point where he's out of the league. But I, th I think, as I said, at that time, it just felt like he was always going to be a draft-then-trade sort of piece. And yeah, thankfully for Philly, it kind of worked out well. I think Giddy's pedigree with his parents, his work ethic, he just seems like a good guy. And his natural ability. I mean, I was big on him. You can go back and listen to our early episodes. I was big on him very early in the piece and said, I think he could go as high as pick six. Um, so I'm not at all surprised he's doing super well. I'm surprised he's doing it this early. I didn't think he'd get this much court time. Yeah, you did say he, he might struggle to get 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought they'd play him off the bench. I didn't yeah. think they'd play a 19-year-old this many minutes. But the, the tank is strong in OKC. Trust the process. Which helps. Yeah, so no, that was that's definitely an interview worth listening to for those that haven't. And mm. yeah, a shout out to our friends at the Pocket Podcast. Oh, now, sorry, the other question that Joe did ask is, would you trade him for Ben Simmons? No. No, I would not. not no. Why, why would you trade a guy that has a track record of just... He's, he came out and said he may miss the entire season recently. Yeah, he's a diva. So a couple of the points that, that Ryland Styles made absolutely make sense. He doesn't want to be in a small market. He basically wants to be in California. So Oklahoma makes no sense to him. He wants to be in a winning position, which OKC is not going to be ready for that for maybe two or three seasons. So the timeline's absolutely with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, those guys. It really lines up a lot better with Giddy than it does with Simmons. And we've already seen it. Simmons feels like he is bigger than the team. I mean, you mentioned a while back that his college coach and someone in the scouting report said he needs to be the center of attention. That's not going to happen. It's so interesting that he wants to play in a big market, but when he plays in the big market of Philly and people turn against him, he crumbles. Yeah, it's, it. it's a very weird situation. I mean, we've seen all the shit that Russell Westbrook's been copying in the last few weeks. We'll talk about him in a minute. How does Ben Simmons think he's going to go in LA? If he has a bad game, they're going to be calling for his head. Or New York. Or New York. Or Chicago. Or any of these ones. Yep. yep. So Not I, that yeah. Chicago would trade for him, but yeah, yeah. But yep. So yeah, absolutely for me. The fact, I mean, he hasn't played in seven months. He needs to go to a small market. I think that's the best thing for him. Yep. Yeah. 
a place where you can actually be the face of a franchise. I, I would love to see him somewhere like, I don't know, maybe Sacramento, He's still in California, but there's not the pressure on Yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you can yep. be you, Portland, yeah. San Antonio, not that I'm convinced I want the team to get him, but I'd, but I'd talk myself into it if we did. But yeah, yep. Yeah, it's just, it's not a good situation. So no, is the, the short answer, absolutely not. I don't know why you would trade a A-plus character guy for a, a guy that has some pretty early signs that is, yeah, pretty fickle. So yeah. Kyrie Irving 2.0. <laughs> Speaking of him, how weird is it that he's playing now? So he's playing for the Nets to help them get a better seed but he can't play at home. So the irony is that the more he plays and the more he helps them win, <laughs> the harder it's going to be. The less yeah. playoff games you'll play. Yeah. It's bizarre. I, what a situation. Yeah. And apparently Harden's, there's talk that Harden wants to trade. Oh. Did you hear that? I don't know how, I only read that last night. So I don't know how accurate that is. Dear Lord. Fascinating. It really is. Yeah. Where does he want to go now? Yeah, they're both divas. Speaking of divas, they're both of them. Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of NBA this week. We yeah decided not to watch a whole heap this week because there was a lot going on. But well, just yeah, for me, I prioritized the Ashes and the NFL playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Now I wanted to start this segment off with one of the more brilliant articles I've read in recent times slash all time. Now a lot of people might remember former Philadelphia 76er, New Jersey Net, and Dallas Maverick Sean Bradley being in a cycling accident, ended up in a wheelchair. Yeah, horrible story. Well, Brian Burnsed from Sports Illustrated has put together an absolutely spectacular account of Sean's battle, not just with being paralyzed, but being paralyzed and seven foot six. Yes. And looking at the challenges that that brings for his family, there was a quote from Sean that said, I don't know how I can ease the burden of me. Yeah. It just oh, heartbreaking. It does. It really, it hurts. But it is a fascinating read. He spent a lot of time with Sean and with his wife uh, and just, yeah, just hearing about all of the modifications that go into the house. I mean... Just if you were able-bodied, there'd be need to be modifications. Yeah. I remember way back in the day on NBA Action, Dikembe Mutombo on the road, and he had to pull the couch up to the end of the bed, and his legs still went over. Yeah. And he was just only, in inverted commas, seven. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, wow. Yeah. And so it, it talks about him going out and looking at the swimming pool that he can't use. Yeah. And, you know, going to parts of his house and not being able to get upstairs and all that sort of stuff. It's... It's really sad. Thank God he made a lot of money playing the game. He's able to afford it. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. like the modifications just on his car were like 90000 bucks. Wow. Yeah, it's a really honest piece of writing. I would urge anyone to take 20 minutes out of their day to give it a read, especially if you grew up watching 90s and 2000s NBA like we did. I think they've done a doco about him or Netflix are going to do a doco about him. Okay. I think it might have been, yeah. We'll keep an eye out for that as well. Did you know he was born in Germany? I did actually. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little town called Landstuhl. Yeah, I don't know why he didn't play for them. So, but, um, so yeah. small that they don't even have the Google Maps car gone through. Wow, really? Yeah. Wow. Like it's near, I think it's near Kaiserschlauten. So it's a pretty big area. Was his dad in the armed forces or something? Must have been. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah I didn't realize that until the other day. So there you go. Couple of trades. Yeah, well, well <laughs> one that got rescinded. An anti-trade. Yeah, so, we talked about it last week. So we'll start the blockbuster trade that would have sent Bol Bol to Detroit. <laughs> It's been voided. So the Pistons doctors have failed Bowles physical. So they didn't tighten the sticky tape tight enough. No, yeah, no yeah. they didn't use enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, interestingly, the last time a trade with Detroit was voided by a failed physical was in 2016 with Donatus Montezunas. So he failed a physical coming across from Houston. And he actually tweeted. Yeah, I saw this. I was failed on physicals and told by Detroit doctors I will not play basketball again. Six years later, I'm still here and have many years to go. 
They're destroying young players' names and futures in the NBA doing this. Surely there has to be an independent league assigned doctor doing these physicals or doing it with the team doctors. Well, it reeks of buyer's remorse, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, actually, oh, oh, maybe we shouldn't have traded for him. They said yes way too quickly. Yeah, what have yeah, we missed? Yeah, yeah. Let's go back and start again. It's, yeah, it's not a good look at all. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's bad. Like, people probably don't want to play in Detroit as it is. So we do have an actual trade, though. Yes, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. The guy I said that Atlanta should have used in a potential Ben Simmons deal is now going to New York. But they did get the prized head of Kevin Knox. <laughs> Fucking hell. The what world a, beater. <laughs> what a stupid trial. Oh, seriously. So Cam Reddish to the Knicks with Solomon Hill and a 2025 second round pick for Kevin Knox and a 2022 first round pick via Charlotte. That 2022 first round pick is basically useless. Oh, it's a steal for New York. It's top 18 protected next year, top 16 the year after, top 14 the year after that. And then it basically... Sliding scales on two yeah. two pick intervals. Yeah, and then it goes to two second rounders after that. Yeah. So it's a fucking waste. Yeah. And Charlotte are going to be decent. So yep. the likelihood of those actually... Oh, just it's, it's dumb. It, it beggars belief for Atlanta. It really does. Now, I will say this. Kevin Knox is not an NBA player. He's, he's trash. He's just not someone I would want. On he team. had potential coming out of college, but he hasn't lived up to it. And everyone misfired on him. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I think the athleticism. I think often guys that are really athletic, people salivate over. But if they don't have the basic skills, then athleticism can only get you so far. Okay, you can be turned into a player like Kawhi Leonard was, but it doesn't happen for everyone. No. Now, I heard on the mismatch, he has the second worst effective field goal percentage in the league in the last five years. Second worst. Yeah, that's damning. Out of 312 guys that qualified. Yeah. It's disgraceful. Unfortunately for Reddish, he's 304th out of 312. That was a bit of a surprise. So, But he's got, he's got a lot of potential. Played well in, in the playoffs at times. So I think he's a good pickup for them. He, the, the problem is, and the reason that his number is so low, he doesn't finish well at the rim. So I said he's under 50% at the rim. He's kind of been seen as this 3 and D guy, but unfortunately, really, he hasn't hit the 3. His D's been okay he's a bit of a microwave so he, he is streaky but yeah and, he, and he's had 30 point games in the last oh month. yeah and like i said he had some good playoff performance he, he was yeah he was yeah. excellent so i think if anyone's going to get anything out of this it'll be the knicks unfortunately none of those three guys even suited up for their new teams today anyway so it's yeah it's a bit of a head scratcher will be interesting to see how the knicks integrate in though mm. yeah We'll have to ask Cody what he thinks. Yeah, we will. By the way, I confirmed with him that he would be a replacement player if 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 they came knocking. Yeah, so I, I suppose it depends. We talked about it without yeah. even asking him. But I suppose it depends who, but... Yeah, well, maybe, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it depends. I should have asked Alex as well, another friend of the show. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'll ask him for next week. He'd still be in shape. Oh, yeah. yeah. He could play, definitely. A couple of quick injury scares that we've had this week for MVP candidates. So, Zach Levine having an MRI on his right knee... Turned it a bit awkwardly against the Warriors early in the week. It was a weird one. It just kind of took a rebound and turned a little bit funny. And just those innocuous ones are often, yeah, yeah hopefully he's all right. It's not their number one seed. Well, he tore the ACL in the left knee in Minnesota. So it is the opposite knee. Apparently, there's no structural damage. So fingers crossed. Steph Curry jammed his right hand in the same game going for a layup. He says he's okay. So fingers crossed certainly for the Warriors yeah but they've they've dropped four or five since Green and Curry have been out I think so and and Thompson after that good first game has come back down to earth they'll be fine though they'll be fine yeah the concerning one was though Kevin Durant's knee yes huge so Bruce Brown taking a charge falling backwards into his knee 
Herb Jones out of control. He's a, he's a big unit, the rookie, and uh, he's, <laughs> he's knocked him into Durant tried to stay in the game, but he just walked off the court on the next play. Yeah. He said, no, fuck it, can't go anymore. Yep. And well, they got to protect him for the playoffs. They've said four to six weeks. I dare say they'll probably try and hold James Harden in town as much as they can. Yeah, well, and hope Kyrie and plays those road games. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, Brooklyn's an interesting one. It is an interesting one. We'll finish with some funnies. Yeah, Russell Westbrook, holy crap. <laughs> Had a massive dunk today. He did, Whew. he did. He absolutely put Rudy Gobert on a poster. That was lovely. Uh, I, I will say this, it's not all funny though. He's been copying so much. Too he, much, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like, love him as a player. I wouldn't want him on my team, but some of the stuff he puts up with is shit. I mean, people are sending him diss tracks, like white guys who should not be rapping are sending him diss tracks. It's that bad. <laughs> but, and yeah, okay, it wasn't a great trade when you look at it in retrospect. Kyle Kuzma's been playing pretty well. Oh, out of his skin. Montres Harrell's been playing pretty well. Kentavious Caldwell Pope's been playing well. So I get it. But geez. So Russell, he didn't make the trade. No. He just suited up for the team that pays him. Mm. Yeah. But the funny thing does come out of Sacramento. Yes. So they're playing foreigner cold as ice. By the way, sneaky good live band. I was very impressed with them when I saw them. Yeah. Cold as ice every time he shot the ball, I think. And now the, the league has cracked down and said they can't do it anymore. And he took it in good humor. He was fine with it. So I don't know why the league had to do that. Mm. Yeah. Do you know what I should play? What? He's a brick <laughs> house. Yes. He's mighty, mighty. Yes. Bad at shooting the ball. If um, only there were a song called Empty Stats or <laughs> Poor Decision Making Down the Stretch or something, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, and a funny to finish this part off, Devin Booker and the mascot oh, in Toronto. Yeah. Afraid of dinosaurs. How is this even a thing? Oh, Ridiculous. So just to contextualize for those that don't know, there was an empty stadium due to COVID. The Raptor was trying to put him off while he was shooting free throws. He asked the refs to move the Raptor and they did. Hmm. So he's, he's even jumping now. You're a professional. You're making tens of million dollars a season. I think it's shit. Like, I, I think the refs shouldn't have moved the mascot. They should have said, be lucky he's the only one here. They should have moved Devin Booker. Yeah. Move, move him back. Yeah. Take a three. See what happens when you start dating a Kardashian. Yeah, you turn into, yeah. A, into a diva. Yeah. Ben Simmons. <laughs> Boys with Maya Charma now. They're engaged. Mm, poor girl. <laughs> but, like, what's next with Booker? Like, he's going to tell the posing crowds they need to sit still and not make any noise while he's shooting. Yes. Like, sit on your hands. Grow up. It's yeah. part of your job. Just shoot. Yeah, this is a bloke that had a 70 yeah. and he can't shoot free throws with a guy in a fucking dinosaur suit. Yeah, just shoot the Jesus. Ball. Shoot the ball. Yeah. A couple of random stats to finish things off. It's been a marathon, hasn't it? Oh, it really, <laughs> really is. So 57 seconds into their game against the Washington Wizards on Thursday, the Orlando Magic were already 0 for 8 from the field. 0 for 8 in 57 seconds. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Seven of those eight shots were in the paint as well. Like, how do you miss eight shots in that period of time? I don't understand. A lot of putbacks, I guess. A lot of putbacks, but a lot of blown layups as well. Yeah, Not, yeah. It wasn't pretty. It was all, all Robin Lopez and Franz <laughs> Wagner and that. But Tips. Now, Kobe White, he's got more points in his career right now than Zion Williamson. Yeah, well, you've got to play the games in order to get the stats, don't yep. you? Yeah, 2,201 to 2,187. Probably got him in games played as well. Oh, yeah. Played yeah. <laughs> by a lot. And just quickly, the Atlanta Hawks, the same Atlanta Hawks that made the conference finals last year, won at home against Milwaukee today. That was their first home win since the 23rd of November last year. Wow. Nearly three months ago. Yeah. Well, and those Trey Young comments about being bored during the regular season, mm -hmm. I tell you what, you make one conference finals and all of a sudden you think you can just 
waltz your way through the regular season, no. He's going to be even more bored during the playoffs. Well. And he's sitting at home. Yeah. Do you actually do you see a world where they contend for the playoffs? <sighs> I know we're only halfway through. Yeah, there's a lot of time left. Who knows? Trades could be made. Apparently, John Collins is being looked at on the block. Like, <sighs> crazy. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, look, I think they can, but they're up against it. Well, they're four games behind 10th at the moment. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, we shall see. I've just got a quick one as well, Stewie. Io Dasunmu is the only Bulls rookie with 15 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, and five steals since steals were first tracked in the 73-74 season and the first Chicago rookie to have five steals in a game since Jay Williams. Well, hopefully his career follows a different trajectory. Yes, indeed. Yes. Stay off the motorbikes. Thanks for listening to this Sport Bloke segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. 